Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 318. I'm your host, Mike Epps. Very tired. It's me as always. Tired, but less tired than my co-host, David McBurney, Family Master. Yes, and for anyone watching, you may get a Snorlax showing today. Oh, think of the possibilities. I'm choosing not to think of the possibilities. Yes. Uh, but it's uh, it's been a fun week for RPGs because Remnant 2 came out and um, almost every single Destiny streamer I watched has played Remnant 2 this week in some capacity, so I've watched and played a lot of it. <laughs> so I guess it's... Uh, hopefully it's doing well. I'd imagine it's doing well. I hope so. It feels like... Uh, I don't want to say a giant corporation needs a win, but I think this giant corporation needs a win at this point. Haven't exactly had a <laughs> sterling year. It's been a it's been a rough year for uh, whatever uh, fucking uh, embrace group. Yeah, I mean they got this. I, I think the AEW game did relatively well. So yeah, plus that one, its sequels will be much cheaper to make. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. Uh, Remnant 2, I don't remember if it has a subtitle. It does not. <laughs> no more ashes. All gone. Yep. Uh, but hey, Joe. Uh, but yeah, what else What else you been playing? What else, what else you been playing? Legend of Heroes. Uh, didn't, Hooray! Didn't make quite as much progress as I made last weekend, where I blitzed through two chapters. Uh, Good work. Like, plodding along in the current chapter. That would put you in like chapter three, four. Chapter three. That spoilerly purple-haired kid has come back. Uh, as expected. Does she have a name yet? Uh, I forget what that learning is. Like she did give you one though. Yes. Yeah, I think it's Ren. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to be. I couldn't remember if she, uh, if she has any other name she goes by. But yeah, I think it's just Ren the entire time. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, she's uh, she's very important to the next several games. So uh, learn to, well, learn to get used to her. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, they said she's supposedly from Crossbell, so I figured. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll find out more about that. Uh, and yeah, of course, she has a, a part to play in the Crossbell games. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I think this is also around the point where the game sort of remerges, because early on it has you decide whether you're going to, like, who your first, like, party member will be, and that actually affects what the first couple chapters are like, and then they kind of merge back into each other. Okay. Who did you go with? Uh, I don't know how, how to pronounce her name. Sherazad? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> He's fun. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's a choice between her and Agate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I went with Agate. So She's they're both fun. fun. They do yeah. different. They're both fun for different reasons. Uh, Sherazard is uh, a bit more playful. Agate is kind of the butt of jokes for being a little, uh, a little bit of an asshole. So. But they're both fun, and they, they give the game a surprising bit of replay value you wouldn't really have expected out of it, so... That's fun. 
but yeah. Um, so yeah, good to hear you're making good progress. Yeah. Summer Falcom. Summer Falcom. <laughs> about you, Joe? What have you been playing? I have a story for you. Um, oh no. Oh, it's a good story. No. Um, <laughs> well, so you know how Wheels bought us this remnant game without us yeah. asking him to but i am still grateful and thank you for buying me the game you're welcome yeah i just um, got through the tutorial so i'll be ready for shenanigans so first i installed it on my computer and it ran fine as expected i mean mm. um can't really do it in 4k but that wasn't surprising at 1440p it's perfectly fine with uh, dlss turned on so <laughs> it's unreal engine 5 you know so it's Kind of a new thing and i think they did a pretty good job with the graphics although could use some better optimization but it'll get I did with patches i'm sure i'm sure yeah so i did the prologue on the computer and you know so did that whole opening sequence made at the town talked to the dude and i picked the handler class because you get a dog that makes now, sense now you, it, it has to be a dog. You can't pick any other animal. You can't customize the dog. And you can't name the dog, so it's just dog. Okay. I'm, but I'm okay. The dog. Right. So, a good of dog. course... I watched him when revive you. <laughs> he did. So, I'm getting to that now, which is... When, I, when asked to pick a difficulty, I picked the one in the middle, thinking, oh, that must be normal. And it was veteran. It's like, no, it's I, not. I yeah, so, I was paying uh, attention to that and picked the left one, pick not left one. Yeah, so I picked veteran in the middle, but I picked handler, which means dog gets me up when I inevitably die. So I played solo a little bit, and uh, so had a good experience on the computer and made it to this like huge open area mm. full of poison fog and i'm like okay well, oh hell <laughs> i'm like so this is a good stopping point so my brother was here yesterday uh, as in wednesday and he um he helped me redo some of my wiring and so i moved the router so mm -hmm. it's a little bit higher up it's a little closer to the bedroom and i thought okay well let's let's try some remote play but first let's see how remnant 2 runs on steam deck natively and yeah it was like 20 fps which wheels and i kind of agreed earlier today is probably because you're in that massive yeah open like, world you, area you, got, you got generated <laughs> weird world yeah when you yeah. said that i was like oh, i'm so confused like i'm wandering around this close-knit yeah. forest area and it was running it's, i think it was running better than it was on my computer on the steam deck but then I, I joined your game earlier today and it was like having you issues even on my computer i'm like oh i get it now yeah that's yeah. what i was talking about yeah. so so playing natively on steam deck i mean i on like crazy low settings i can get like 40 fps but I think in the indoor areas, it's probably not going to be so bad. Yeah, and I'm sure um, that that's going to be improved as time goes yeah. on. So then I uh, went over to remote play from the computer, and that ran as well as expected. A little bit of stuttering, a little bit of input lag here and there. Um, so not much of an improvement after moving the router, but I actually was getting better speed test results on the Chromebook and my phone Something and stuff. So, yeah. So it wasn't completely pointless, you know, and everything looks nice yeah. too. We got all the wires like kind of behind the Some actual cable management. Yes. <laughs> so he helped me do all that. So that was nice of him. That's kind of um, Yeah. So it was like, okay, 
So tomorrow night, I don't know what I'm going to do. I may just stay up and just play on the computer and go to bed afterwards. I, I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. um, Time to just oh. So yeah, so as I said, I picked Veteran, but then I picked Handler, which has a dog companion who revives you, so that kind of mitigates the difficulty a little bit. But I'm in this dungeon area, and I'm getting my ass kicked. You know, these big, giant bug things kept showing up covered in armor, and they could kill me in two hits. And I'm like, this sucks. So then all of a sudden... This other person shows up in my game, and I'm like, they better not have invasions in this game. So I started shooting them. Oh, and, Lord. Oh, Lord. But then I noticed that it was Ask Wheels. So <laughs> yeah, then. By default, it's friends only. Yeah. Right. So, so then I unloaded the rest of my clip on him, of course. I don't yeah, blame so you. <laughs> so, but he, no, he really helped me out. And we, uh, so I'm like, okay, this is kind of like. This is like Borderlands, this is like Destiny. It's like, yeah, you can play it by yourself, but it's going to be yeah. very difficult. Definitely more fun with it's, friends. It's meant to be played with friends. Yeah. And we wandered around the Poison Wasteland until we finally found where we were supposed to go, and then he had to put the kids to bed, and I had to eat dinner. I had some leftover pizza that was calling my name. Hmm. So It worked so really well. So after we were done playing... Yeah, it, it actually worked pretty well. Um, so... Around 9 o'clock, yeah, I had leftover pizza and started watching TV, and then I put on that new Twisted Metal series, and I'm like, this is, like, better than I expected, that, huh? That is truly shocking. That's yeah. not shocking to me, because I had no expect, like, no uh, good right. expectations right. for it. <laughs> I had zero expectations, but, like, you know, the original story was just all of these characters just trying to kill each other because then Calypso grants the witch to the winner of the tournament. It but this a is a very like, loose story. <laughs> yeah, so this has like a real story and a likable protagonist played by Anthony Mackie and it's like, huh, okay. And then Nev Campbell shows up and then Will Arnett does the voice of Sweet Tooth and it's like, That's this is actually... So weird. It's still so yeah. weird that they had Samoa Joe yeah. perform Sweet Tooth but Will Arnett <laughs> voice him. Yeah. But it, it's, um, I don't know, I watched two episodes, and then Stephanie Beatrice is in there. If, if you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you would know her. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay, so I'm like, I kind of like where this is going. I kind of like these characters so far. There's a better story than the game ever had. Um, it's not very hard. There's a, Some, there's somewhere, a David Jaffe is crying that you don't love his clown OC. Okay. Sorry. No, no, it's, 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 a, it's a joke about how weirdly attached he was to Sweet Tooth for some oh, fucking okay. reason. Jeez. So, so there's a police officer character who I assume is supposed to be outlaw, but he also kind of reminds me of Warhog too. Or yeah. Warthog, yeah. So Warthog, yeah. Was it Warhog or Warthog? Warthog. Okay. So I don't know. So because it's like. Outlaw was kind of a younger guy, whereas this guy looks like Warthog. He looks old. He's got white Yeah, hair yeah. Like, that was kind of Warthog's thing, is that he's like the old soldier, and then Outlaw was like the dashing young cop. Yeah, Inexplicably, so... I believe the first Outlaw is named Ken Masters. <laughs> there are like five, three Outlaws running throughout the series. Right. Outlaw 2 was the sister who had to go into outer space to save him, assuming that his ending is canon, and I don't know if it was. It's, it um, was it was canon to her story, <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, this I is this. I hate this so much. <laughs> Sorry. So, so this is kind of a neat show, and and it's but it's very um, it's all 90s nostalgia. Like they're in an abandoned mall, and he shoots a bunch of people, and then it's like, oh, there's a Foot Locker, and he goes and gets a pair of Air Jordans. 
and mm. like, all right, that's pretty. Yeah, I think that I, I can see where that appeal comes from. I think that that like seeing that would set my teeth to edge, but that's a different strokes thing. <laughs> yeah, and of course, then there's also '90s music. There's the thong song. There's uh, the yeah, that was the thing they put thong. in the trailer, and I feel like that would yeah. maybe an inadvisable thing to just slam in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. But it's th there's some context for it. Yeah, that's bit. what I mean. Like, if you just shove it in the trailer, it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, well, then Barbie Girl was actually used to torture people, so there's the context for that song. <laughs> Cowards. <laughs> I would anyway, much so rather that's... listen to Barbie Girl. <laughs> that's what I did today. I watch a much better show on Monday though. Future is. is back. Oh baby. yeah, that, that, I watched yeah. that. Oh, that first returning episode, I was very trepidatious. I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, listen, it, if Futurana came back and it was just kind of okay, I'd be happy as a clam. You know? I yeah. Don't, I don't really yeah. care. I, I was trepidatious because yeah. I was afraid it was going to come back and be very bad. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. But it, it, was, it was really good. Yeah, no, that was, Animation that was very was good. strong. Voice acting was good. Writing was good. Yeah. It, uh, I, I think the way I described it to some friends was that if you had told me that the new, that the first episode for The Return was going to be about binge-watching, streaming television, and meta-jokes about reviving the series again, I would have thought that they had produced a just absolute oh, for disaster sure. for first episode. <laughs> and it didn't. It's good. It's fun. <laughs> Oh, oh, I I came out of the suit like three hours ago, <laughs> or whatever. It was. <laughs> this is really boring. It's very badly written and executive produced. Uh, no, but I, I like how there was. Good, by the way, I, I like, like that they stuck with Calculon being dead. Yeah, <laughs> right. Was, well, no, I, funny. I love that. I'm like, there's a robot hell and there's a robot devil, and to get out, all you have to do is be really annoying. <laughs> He's, a, he's really he really is just there for the nine to five it feels like <laughs> also always fun to hear Dan Castellaneta doing that voice it's a very very funny voice scars are evil you won't listen you'll be fine okay I'll stop um but yeah moral story Futurama's awesome yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that the new one is good. Uh, also, characters in Fortnite. Also support the striking writers. Um, yes. Oh, yes. oh my god! So they they put the characters in Fortnite and they gave them yeah. one Futurama emote, which is yeah. your character will put on Zoidberg claws and do the like the whole. And it's a travel emote, so you can start doing that and just walk around like that. It's, I, I'm gonna go have a scuttle. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And no one could have been happier unless this had also been Valentine's Day. Wait, it was? Hooray! <laughs> Dr. Zoidberg's, uh... Eternal optimism in the face of a universe that hates him is uh, inspiring. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, been planning anything else, uh, Joe? Anything for streams or? Yeah, my stream schedule got screwed up this week because um, mm -hmm. 
Well, we went out for my mom's birthday on Tuesday. Disgusting. And, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So they wanted to go Damn. to a they wanted to go to a local Thai restaurant, and I've never had Thai food before. Oh, oh dang. Thai so food's good. It, it was a nice little place, and I didn't want anything with curry or chili sauce, you know, because I didn't want to. Yeah, I don't be rushing for a bathroom, but um, mm-hmm. basically, I ordered something called Tiger Cry, which was just steak with some kind of sauce and some vegetables, and it was actually Sounds quite nice. good. And yeah. Got a couple of appetizers. So Tuesday night, I still though, um, I ended up streaming something. What was it? Oh, Soul Hackers Two. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that's fun. Um, and then Wednesday, my brother was here, and we were playing a bunch of games. I, f- I made him play the bad Sonic Game Gear games, and I'm not sorry. I like um, those games. Game Gear. Don't don't say that unilaterally. <laughs> they were bad. So, <laughs> so he was here yesterday, I had a right? Game and Gear we ordered pizza. I had a Genesis, so it's all I had. So Why? I'm so sorry. Oh God. Uh, I had a friend who had a Game Gear. I played several of those games. Trouble's good. I had a Game Boy like a normal person. Yeah, Yeah, the Game Boy was my son's also named Bort. (laughs) So we did. So that was yesterday. Yeah, we ordered pizza, and then he was helping me. You know, like I said, we were redoing some of the wiring for all my various electronic devices. Actually, there was a point where we realized the Ethernet wire. For the switch was not long enough and we're like racking our brains like what do we do do i have to get a new wire i'm like no just wait a second it has wi-fi duh so that was kind of a funny moment um you can just do that so did not stream yesterday and then today normally i don't stream on thursdays anyways and then when i started playing remnant 2 as i said wheels jumped in and we played that for a bit so that was my gaming for today and Tomorrow night we're doing shenanigans, so I'm thinking I may end up streaming again on Saturday and Sunday since shenanigans got moved. Should just stream and that tomorrow. Would... We'll do a dual stream. Uh, maybe. I don't know. So I got two more days of JRPGs left in me, I think. So hmm. maybe some Scarlet Nexus, and then maybe something else. I don't know. Um, and of course, I did play a bit of Pikmin 4. I already talked about that on Sunday, though. So. That's uh, that's a neat game. Yep. Very uh, neat game. I'll set a quickly uh, comment on one of Fireminer's questions. Has anyone tried Double Dragon Gaiden yet? No, can't say that I have. I Looks want neat, to, but, but I've heard mixed things. I yeah. didn't like the look of the graphics, so I couldn't muster any interest. I thought it looked kind of neat, but yeah, I just I'm kind of tapped right now, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just was a little thrown off by the fact that it's a roguelike. But then again, the original games. I mean, you had three lives and like what two continues yeah. maybe. Uh, so. I'm I'm always yeah. up for them doing stuff like that to get more out of that genre. Like, yeah, it does seem like a reasonable thing to do with a beat 'em up. Yeah. Okay. I played Double Dragon Four. I did not, because it was a weird choice. A lot of weird choices went into Double Dragon 4. Yeah, Last... so it kind of has... It's like the look and feel of 2. Like but in specifically a good way. the NES version? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I never beat it, though, because 
I got through like the first five levels without dying, and then all of a sudden they just throw the kitchen sink at you in like level seven or something. That does yeah. sound like the NES Double Dragons, though. <laughs> yeah. You and, right, so correct, the... okay. correct me if I'm wrong, though. In Double Dragon Two for NES, all right. So I know you have to put in a code to continue, but are you limited to only one continue? I don't know. I mostly played the arcade version. As I was streaming it one night, and I did a save state right before the game over screen, and I'm telling you, no matter what I put in, it would not let me continue from level 7, I think. Tricks hmm. tricks and traps or whatever, but it was... um. But I'd already used one continue, I think, in stage four or five. So I, th I think you might be limited to one continue. But it's a different code depending on what level you're on and depending on if it's one or two player. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, very complicated. Yeah. So anyways. Let's see. So for, for my part, uh, I finished out my playthrough of Final Fantasy Adventure. Aka second and to Final Fantasy Gaiden. Uh, I think that's the first mana game I've actually played through from start to finish, and not really? allowed myself to just stop at some point. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for better or worse, for, for well, for both better and worse, it sort of feels like it kind of sets a lot of the things I associate with mana games. Uh, for like a 1990-91 Game Boy game, uh, it's fairly technically impressive, there's some good music, uh, it's, it's generally trying some interesting things. Uh, also, it's kind of a technical disaster, there's a lot of systems in the game that sort of feel half-baked and ill-considered that I would maybe say you should just cut this and lose nothing. Uh, everything to do with how keys and pickaxes are handled is just obnoxious and they take up most of your inventory. Uh, your extremely limited in inventory. There's some weird bugginess that I took advantage of in the final dungeon where uh, the contents of a chest are calculated when you attempt to open it. And uh, if you can't, if an enemy can drop more than one item and you can't hold one of the types of items it can drop, you can just keep ramming into the chest until it gives you the other kind of item. Huh. Which is a very easy way to get the enemies to drop the best armor in the game. Huh. Very, very strange. Um, there were multiple times in that game where I did what seemed to have been the correct steps to solve a puzzle, and the game just didn't register it. Uh, multiple times in the game where I could not tell if I was doing damage because my sword just sort of swung through things because the hit detection is genuinely terrible. Uh, multiple times in the game where... I 
ran into a puzzle that was just irritatingly designed. Like, there's several puzzles that revolve around, like, don't kill this enemy, but turn it in, freeze it, and then push it onto a block. But if the enemy is choosing to just hover around in the wrong place, you can find a lot of situations where it's like, yeah, you could freeze it, but in doing so, it would... Uh, it, it would not. It would be put in a position where you could never possibly push it where it needs to go once it's a snowman. But also, you have a second character who is fucking throwing knives at it over and over, and eventually they kill it, even though their pathfinding is terrible, and they can't tell what direction is forward, and they just fuck up constantly. It's it's a really like that. That's an ambitious combat concept worthless shouldn't have done it <laughs> uh, also uh, despite the good music it has maybe the most grating version of the chocobo theme I've ever heard what what, what are you doing I'm humming the <laughs> most annoying music from that game like the, the most annoying music mu that that music is repetitive the things that the Chocobo music is attempting to make the Game Boy sound chip do were ill-conceived. Yes. Uh, because it, like, every time you get on the Chocobo, it starts with, instead of just jumping into the Chocobo theme, it does this, like, sort of introductory fanfare where it's like, and it's, it sounds awful. And a lot of times you aren't going to actually be on the chocobo for very long so there's a decent chance that's all you're gonna hear and it's uh it's very grating i would not have done it <laughs> it will consider it um but yeah like all, most of the game's biggest problems are just that it's kind of a technical mess so i feel like if you really need to play that game adventures of mana is probably your best choice uh, Sword of Mana I can't speak for, like, that looks like a very, a much more different game. Uh, it's a thing. In, it's, uh, it, it, the best way I can describe it when I look at it is that it sounds like someone looked at Final Fantasy Adventure and was like, we need to make this more like mana a Mana game, more like the later Mana games. Uh, so it drops the Chocobo as far as I can tell adds in a bunch of systems that have been like sort of haphazardly plucked out of like trials of mana and it it's just like i don't know it does not seem like any of these changes actually fit the game they were making so That's even nice. though even though i generally prefer like remakes that are like much more uh deviant from the original it feels like Sword of Mana was kind of a misfire. So, default to the one that is a more technically competent version, even if I find the really low budget looking 3D of Adventures of Mana kind of butt ugly. It's, you know, the, the improved hit detection and general uh, smaller cloud of bugginess, probably, uh, pro probably the better uh, way to go. Uh, yeah, and we'll uh, never see the uh, Japan-only cell phone version that is uh, Lost Media. Damn. As, as far as I can tell, there is no uh, extant downloaded copy of that game. There's no 
maybe maybe this exists in like uh, deep in the bowels of the Japanese internet, but for for as far as I'm aware, the cell phone version that is basically just Final Fantasy Adventure but with color 16-bit style graphics is Lost Media. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it, it sucks because when I look at that, it's like that might be the ideal version, but it's confined to Japanese feature phones that haven't had functional download services in decades. So, uh... We'll never see it again. Gone for good. Uh, might as well have... Might as well have, uh... Tossed the source code directly into the trash instead of releasing it for the amount of people that it would end up getting to play it. Uh... Very depressing. Uh... But yeah. So finish Final Fantasy Adventure. I don't regret playing it. It's a really hard game to go back to, and I'm convinced that if you aren't a child with a Game Boy in 1992, you got to put yourself into the mindset of fun to really get the most out of it. I'd concur with that. But, but it's it's not the worst game in the world. It has its charms, but yeah, like I said, probably best bet is Adventure to Mana, given what we actually have. Um... So, moving on to Final Fantasy IV. Oh, you're continuing on. Awesome. Uh, two versions of Final Fantasy IV. Uh, are you playing the 3D version? In PSP and DS. Okay. PSP and DS. Uh, so not the Pixel I, Remaster. I did not feel like uh, blowing money on... Uh, another version of FF4 I think I own at least four times. That's fair. I can't see how the <laughs> Pixel Remaster is any better than that wonderful PSP version anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the the most they could have maybe done is retranslate the damn thing <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, oh, Wheels asks uh, how far we are into trails. I'm not sure if he's referring to me or you. Wheels is in chapter 3 of Trails in the Sky, second chapter. I am in, like, the penultimate chapter of Cold Steel 1. Needed a bit of a break. I should probably polish that off before I properly take a break, but... That's, uh, presuming that I am not, uh, browbeaten into trying to go further. Uh, faster. Uh... Also, PS1 versus GBA FF1 through 6 in terms of sound. Uh, FF1 and 2, definitely PS1. Uh, there's some, like, weird sound emulation issues on the PS1 for some of the, like, 4 through 6, but I think overall the sound quality is probably, uh, better on PS1 unless you're dealing in the realms of fan, fan patches. Uh, there's some fan patches that, uh, fix the GBA. Uh, graphics and sound, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, what I was going to say about FF4 Pixel Remaster is that that game has like 5 million versions. There are so many goddamn versions of FF4. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the English versions are probably a lot more interesting simply because they kept retranslating it or editing the existing translations. Uh, so you have just tons of like in general, each editing pass makes that translation better, but it is weird, and I assume that this is still the case for the Pixel Remaster, that the 2D translations 
are all kind of just edits of the PS1 translation. And they've edited a lot. They've kind of shipped Theseus to that translation by this point. But, like, you go back to that original PS1 translation, and it's weird as shit. It's a really weird translation. Uh, and then the 3D version, because the script was actually different in Japanese, actually got a ground-up retranslation. And it's different from all of the 2D translations. And that's why I need to play both of them, because I'm broken inside. Uh, but uh, per uh, Legends of Localization uh, author slash professional translator Clyde Mandolin, aka Tomato, aka the guy who fan-translated Mother 3 and has officially localized a whole bunch of other shit, uh, the most accurate and probably best written translation is actually that 3D version. Hmm. Uh, I do enjoy that 3D version. It, it takes the fewest, like, weird liberties. It's not an edit of an existing translation. Uh, it doesn't have any remnants of the weird Super Nintendo censorship that even the PS1 version, despite being mostly a retranslation, retrain, retains remnant. some of. Uh, shut up. Uh, it's always fun when you can see uh, the horrifying monster you're about to fight through the fog gate. By <laughs> which I mean not fun. Fireminer asks if any of us has pre-registered uh, on FF7 Ever Crisis as interested as I am in seeing uh, as many takes on FF7 as possible. I cannot play gacha games. It does not matter how enticing I find FF7. I cannot play it. So. You're going to die. What's that? I, I'm just seeing the fog gate now. Oh yeah, you're gonna die. Yeah, um, you're gonna die. You're gonna yeah, die. I'll, I'll have to hear uh, what you end up thinking of Ever Crisis Fire Miner. But I, my my only real hope is that someday, one day, they uh, when they're ready to shut down Ever Crisis, they just slap it onto a. Uh, physical piece of media and sell like a no gotcha version. Oh, that like, is sort of... not even what I thought I was gonna fight. Holy fuck! Get wrecked. Um, what? The at fuck? least it woke you up. At least it woke you up. Yeah, there's that. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So digging into FF4. Uh, that was actually what I was doing when I looked at the clock. But yeah, I'll be. Fucking thing. <laughs> uh, I'll be properly playing the 3D version for the first time, actually. Nice. Which uh, I'm not. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because that seems to be a version that's designed to fuck with you if you know FF4 at all. So that'll be fun. Uh, get to look up a guide for how to get all the augments because I'm not. That did remind me, that game has one of the weirdest choices I've ever seen with the way that it's fucking New Game Plus works. I don't know what they were thinking. How does it work? Uh, you can only carry over uh, items you get from the newly expanded like Pink Tail side quest. And you can only New Game Plus on the same file through uh, two times. Like, you get that first New Game Plus and a second New Game Plus. 
and then that file is locked. It must be deleted before you can uh, and played from scratch again. And it just sort of feels like they didn't really get why people play New Game Plus. And the only way to maintain any sort of equipment is to grind the most tedious thing in the game. A lot of questions, many questions. But yeah, it's not relevant since I won't really be playing that uh, version three times in a row, but it, it was a just deeply strange set of choices. Uh, but yeah, continuing on Final Fantasy, uh, that'll be that'll be interesting. I haven't played through FF4 tip to tail in like six years. That sounds right. So that'll be that'll be fun. And now I'll do it twice. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Playing anything else? Not really. I think that I think that about does it for me. So let's the let's check the podcast section of Discord. Nope, that's not in the Discord. Okay, I see that. Let's see what we got here. Got new questions and recompiled the leftover from last time, from the 21st. I think that's since the last time we uh, podcast. So, uh, remember the ads for 90s uh, Saturn and Mercury that struggled to find anything interesting to say about the cards? I learned about bad ads. I learned about bad ads like that in college. Is there any game ad like that? Uh, I don't remember the ads you're talking about in specific, though the notion of like a game ad that doesn't really say anything. Uh, like historically what happens when game ads don't have anything to say about the game is that they kind of make shit up. <laughs> Which is more what I, I associate with bad game ads of just like, here's something that's not actually in the game. Or uh, or I should say, like, here's some like mock-up footage that got someone in deep shit uh, with an advertising uh, standards board in at least one country. <laughs> uh, I can think of a lot of ads for uh, games that are bad mostly because, like, it's barely clear what they're advertising. Like, you go back to, like, mid-90s game ads, and there's a lot of just, like, here's something fucking disgusting, and then a game logo. <laughs> like, here's a man eating until he explodes. Now here's a Yoshi's Island logo. Uh, there's the... There's the old... Uh, infamous Jaguar ads that are mostly just calling the consumer stupid. There's a lot of those in the 90s as well. Like, it's just like, here's a here's an ad for a video game console and calling you an idiot for not already owning it. 
really, really common for some reason. Um, I think if if we're talking about things that aren't that don't fall into those, but are just baffling and don't really say anything, uh, I think the the uh, there are five years to the new millennium. Saturn ads probably take the cake because it's just like here's. Here's the Sega Saturn. There's a loud man sort of talking about nothing and rings floating around a lady's head. <laughs> like they they really they really contrast with Sagata Sanjiro in Japan where it's just like here is a funny th like a funny like dude doing like uh, karate moves, yelling at you to play the Sega Saturn, and then a bunch of gameplay footage. Uh, like those, those are actually amusing and show off the products. They they really contrast with those American Saturn ads. Those are those are quite something. Uh, talking about game with nothing notable, so the marketing department has to make shit up. Also, some Saturn cars are actually pretty good, but in a boring way. Remember the Geo Metro? I remember the Geo Metro, but only because I read uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth, which named a character after it for some reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of games with nothing notable that actually get ads. Um, I remember, uh, in terms of print ads, uh, I remember ads for, uh, there's, there's a lot of ads for very mediocre games that had essentially nothing to say about the game, so they just, like, uh, tried to make you hot for the main character. But not in like a full-on sex sells way, but just in sort of like, a, hey, this has a character design, uh, and you you could get some really some some truly bland and forgotten games in there. I think uh, my, the the peak of that in terms of a forgotten game attempting to do that is uh, the completely uh, forgotten by time Kia Dark Lineage was a platformer by, I believe, French studio Eden Games, who would later do uh, Test Drive Unlimited and Alone in the Dark 2008. And the US print ads for that fucking video game uh, are just riding hard on the tagline, uh, she's a whole lot of hurt in a belly shirt. <laughs> extremely sad. Extremely weird. Uh, but yeah, uh, game ads for like games that just have nothing going on. I don't remember them too well. Is <laughs> the other problem? Uh, I remember uh, in the same genre of just like trying to get you hot and bothered about the protagonist. I remember seeing an ad for uh, there was something. Let me see if I can find this game's name so that I can remember it. Uh, there was a PS2 Metal Gear knockoff called Rogue Ops, published by Chemco, which... 
Oh boy, already already in dangerous territory, but that was another one where it's just like, we have absolutely nothing to say about this game. Maybe you think the protagonist is hot? That's what we're hoping. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing else. There's nothing. They had nothing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, for, in, in terms of just actually making shit up, uh, honestly... Uh, the closest you would you get to that that I can think of is actually a very memorable game because it's FF7, and it was the the infamous ads that did not show any gameplay footage and only showed FMVs, uh, which uh, definitely definitely uh, tricked some people. Okay, why does no one remember Freedom Force? I remember Freedom Forest. You remember the sequel? No. What? This didn't come for Mac. Oh, of course. Uh. But yeah, I actually because of the kinds of company that I keep, I actually do remember Freedom Force, and uh, I know a number of people who do remember Freedom Force. But uh, remember when Freedom Force fought the Third Reich? Anyone other than Wheels? <laughs> but yeah, I think I think part of it is that it's like it's an extremely like that era PC game, and the a lot of the like games from that genre have had difficulty getting companies on board with revivals, uh, irrational honestly most remembered for things before and after it that would be considered more profitable or more likely to be profitable if they revived them so i think uh i think in general the 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 issue freedom force has is the its, it's brothers are uh it's 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 brothers around it are just uh they're just the preferred children. Uh did anyone uh, it sounds like Wheels actually played Freedom Force. I did not have a PC that ran games at the time. How did you feel about Freedom Force? It's pretty good. Wasn't the best. Yeah. Was that uh, that one was like it's it's some sort of like tactical sort of thing, right? Yeah. Turn-based tactical superhero stuff. Yeah, yeah, very, very comic booky, and it was a cute idea. I feel like it might have had more legs if they had had like it, it feels like something that was designed to have tie-ins, but I can't think of any actual tie-ins. <laughs> might have had more legs if that had been a thing, but it's kind of trapped by being a very, like I said, early ops PC game. Uh, it's kind of hard to actually play now, I think. But... Okay, let's let's hit uh, one of these questions. In our next edition of Games Can't Be Realistic, Child Raising Games. I vaguely remember you discussed how the need for games like Princess Maker to work with stats and event flags meant their morality and scenarios were skewed. Do you think there's any developer crazy enough to program in psychological hang-ups and traumas into such a game. It's not like you're going to be able to abuse the children anyway. Uh, 
like making it about raising a black child in Jim Crow America. Holy God, I can't imagine doing that in a respectful fashion. Would it be too dark, too complex, or deemed immoral right from the get-go for attempting to equate traumas with numbers? Like, you run into, like... You are... It's very much... Uh, it's It's... I think it's possible to do... Uh, certain things, like certain kinds of uh, traumas, but I do think that on some level, and this would inevitably, y you run into the fact that most people want their games to be fun. And that's not the only thing games should be, obviously, but uh, to accurately simulate trauma or systemic abuse or anything of that nature you've got to be arbitrary and as we have seen through many years players don't like games that are arbitrary <laughs> and if you're not being on some level arbitrary with lots of things that are essentially random events that the player can't control for and cannot uh, like overcome of their on their own you end up uh, with uh, like you're not being authentic to what you're portraying if you aren't taking control out of the player's hands but you run into you pretty much are down to like only an indie developer would ever do this and it's going to be have all sorts of uh, danger and like like concerning questions of portrayal with anything uh, that would be this heavy. Uh, I I don't know that it, it's certainly. I I could imagine a particularly committed indie dev doing this. Uh, certainly, we've even seen people touch on like trauma and mental illness in uh, more AAA spaces. I believe that's a heavy aspect of the Hellblade games, but uh, it's it's really hard and introducing that as a randomized element does raise issues of it's harder to portray something correctly if you don't even know if certain events are going to happen. Because like randomizing uh, that sort of event uh, means that you can't make a lot of guarantees about your storytelling. Third story is... Uh, oh no, you're dying. Uh, you gotta jump over to the other side, FYI. Oh. That's how I, we avoid I that will, attack. I will try. Let's see... I can revive you. No. no, no I, think I think we're toast. There's some questions here. One for you, Wheels. When exactly did you stop using Mac? Uh, I don't know precisely when. It was some years after Steve Jobs died. Like so, tens. Yes. Like, I don't want to say... I don't want to make it sound like Steve Jobs was Apple. Like they were everything they were because of him. It didn't hurt. 
Uh, but I can tell you that whoever's running it now sucks. Cause I think it's still Tim Cook. That sounds right. It is, yeah. Like, Apple used to be moving things forward, like macOS would change all the time. Uh, iOS would change all Mac the time. macOS definitely. macOS definitely feels like a vestigial part of their yeah. business plan at this stage. <laughs> but, you know, maybe they didn't always innovate. Maybe the stuff they came up with wasn't always the best, but they were always changing, and now I feel like... By God, they were doing something. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's incredibly stagnant. Hmm. And it's been that way for quite some time. Yeah, I mean... Say what you want about Jobs, he was definitely a guy who was uh, willing to uh, produce a new product line that would obsolete an old one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, kind of key to keeping innovation going, because... Uh, there's definitely an argument to be made that uh, producing the iPhone in a fashion that was definitely going to kill the iPod line was uh, a un was was definitely a weird move. But I mean, it was either that or wait for the line to be killed by something else, and that's uh, something to be said for heading that off the pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Fireminer also asks, remember the trash can Mac? Uh, yes, I actually wanted one of those. I thought it was a cool design. <laughs> Did you get it though? No. Okay, probably for the best. Uh, uh, for sure. Did you ever have a? Did you ever ever have a next step machine? I did not. <laughs> no one did. But... They'd be kind of. They're probably collector's items at this point, I assume. <laughs> yes, I yeah. definitely know they are because I've seen them. Uh, uh, like seen them on eBay and stuff. I think I probably actually looked at like buying one. It's on that. Weird. <laughs> yeah, Prime Miner saying it's weird how Apple. Uh, stagnated, stagnated because I have friends who work as engineers for Apple, and by all accounts, they treat their ground workers pretty good. Yeah, I know some people who work for Apple as well, and they seem like you know they're they the you you get uh, you get good pay and good benefits. And in general, it doesn't sound like you get completely worked to the bone. Any uh, certainly no worse than any place in Silicon Valley. So there's that for you. Yeah, it's definitely one of those, uh... I, I would imagine that, uh... Thank you, Drew. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, it looked like you needed some help, so we we got it in the end. I, I learned to just ignore the statue guy and just shoot the other thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and also yeah. the, the other Apple thing that really pissed me off was changing the processor again. Yeah, that, that feels... Like a pointless break in compatibility. <laughs> well, I can understand. Oh, we want to just want to manufacture our own chip, but can't I mean, just you can you can make an Intel compatible chip. Yeah, you can you can make an x86 processor. No yeah. one is stopping you. <laughs> um, there are many forces not stopping you from making an x86 processor. Yeah, AMD exists, and mm -hmm. as far as I can tell, they do very well. So. Yeah, it just, just it seems... Real, I got a tip for you real quick. Um, 
if you go into the video options, if you switch to the Intel XESS instead of FSR, I'm getting better performance with that. Which makes no sense because I have you know, no idea where that is. Hardware. The upscaler. Yeah. There's change, a change it to what yeah. Intel XESS. Yeah, yeah, it's a different different upscaling solution. So you need an NVIDIA GPU to get DLSS, but you do not need AMD or Intel hardware to get either of their upscaling <laughs> solutions. That's apparently. Bizarre. Mm. It's, it's just to try to lock so people into the just NVIDIA. Just try that and s see if that works any better for you. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, I didn't think that it would allow that because it's all AMD hardware, but... Or, or that might make it worse. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. It's worth trying. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, let's hit some more of these questions. Uh, and just just as a final note on Apple for FireMiner, like if I get oh, the no. feeling that I will be happy to jump back to Mac, like I am no longer the weird Mac zealot I was in my younger days. I will use whatever school, but yeah, like they actually have to draw you back, right? Yeah, God, they the... they still have like the nicest laptops. I've yet to find the like another. Laptop is quite as good. What is the what is the processor they're using now? Is it just some sort of ARM it's solution? The M2, yeah, I think it is ARM related. I think it's related to whatever they use in the iPhone. Yeah, so they probably just wanted to get uh, get everything working off of a similar silicon. Yes. Stream looks a little less choppy. Good call. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, I would I would still generally uh, say that uh, uh, stop stop trying to make stop trying to make desktop phones. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there were there's also other issues with macOS, so they've made it less Linuxy and more lockdown that I find really annoying. Uh, it's a whole thing, and I'm not the year of the Linux here. desktop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to to get back to the prior question, and since the next question kind of feeds off it, it's the reason why many great 20th century American writers wrote about white-collar, middle-aged men going insane in the suburbs, John Updike, and or have some weird sex hang-ups, Norman Mailer. They lived those lives, so shouldn't the next great American protagonist be an exhausted, uh, despondent, constantly hustling... Uh, room sharing, uh, over-medicated, constantly just above the water Zoomer. I mean, that's when, when Zoomers start having the, like, leeway to tell their stories, that's probably what you're going to get. Uh, does this apply to video games? Because the game protagonist is almost always hyper-competent and designed to market to the widest demographic possible, including not from America. The thing is that, uh, as, as we've seen with our world, being hyper-competent does not actually stop you from uh, barely keeping your head above water. So I think that is a balance you can walk. Um, but, uh, and does that apply to... Okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, including people not from America, and even attempting to contemplate the, this idea of fool's errand, because A, the monoculture is dead, and B, any work like that would likely be not uh, made a classic AKA taught at school because of fear of backlash from yours truly. Uh, crazy slash 
crazy win. Apparently, only two games I remember getting close to that are going under and another simulatory game, but being the only person truly doing his job. Uh, and others, oh, going, a game developer. Going under is a game I want to play sometime. Yeah, I haven't gotten two going under. This is uh, like it's like a roguelike, but you're in like a literally in a company that's going under. Mmm, that's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Probably I can think of. <laughs> but yeah, I can think of some indie games that do do like the the living that barely keeping your head above water disaster life. Uh, I remember uh, Valhalla, the uh, cyberpunk cyberpunk uh, bartending game, uh, very much gives that sort of vibe off as you are. Uh, it's it's like a the best way to describe it is that it's a visual novel with obfuscated choices. Uh, did anyone here play Valhalla? No, not my jam. Yeah, so basically the idea was that you're a bartender in like the cyberpunk world, and you live alone in an apartment, and uh, occasionally you can like spend your savings on various things to try to make your life a little better. But you know, still, still kind of a depressing existence. But the the idea was that uh, you found branches in the story and branches in the dialogue based on how strong you were making people's drinks. Uh, Neat. So if you make if you make them. To, if you make them super strong, they're more likely to be perhaps a little more open than they might otherwise be, but you might piss them off for having done that, and it can affect later conversations. It was, it's, it's an interesting game. Uh, but that, that's one that definitely had that sort of, like, uh, prob probably the more millennial conception of being a young adult and barely keeping your head above water. I forget where uh, Valhalla was made. It's, I want to say, somewhere in South America. Let me double check. Um, okay, so it was made by a company called Sukaban Games, but I think that was just them weaving it up. Um, Yeah, Venezuelan studio Sukaban games. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was an interesting little game. Uh, I think it, there should be a sequel. I don't know if that sequel ever actually came out. Where did that sequel come out? Uh, when when will that sequel come out? Because I know it was announced. Uh, it was like Nirvana. Uh, oh, it uh, apparently got delayed indefinitely at some point. Uh, in 2020. Okay, oh. that makes sense. Oh, yeah, never mind. That uh, makes unfortunate sense. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, at the time... At the time, they basically said that the game was uh, being swapped from, like, having a specific release date to when it's done. Uh... Yeah, but the the first one was an interesting an interesting little game and worth uh, worth seeing through if you haven't played it. Um, Damn, is it over? But yeah, uh, 
We're all familiar with the defense. It's supposed to be satire, but what about it's supposed to be a kid game? Which disappointing game can this defense be applied to and which can't? Why do people set the expectations so high for The Simpsons Wrestling? Because other wrestling games at the time didn't suck ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> as someone who was playing The Simpsons Wrestling and a lot of other wrestling games at the time, other wrestling games at the time didn't suck ass. Yeah. Uh, like... Because, like, historically, especially when you look at those old games, like, up through, like, 2000, most games were kids' games. It was yeah. just whether they admitted it. <laughs> like, the the issue you run into for, like, it's a kids' game is Zelda is a kids' game. Mario is a, kid, a kids' game. Until, like, FF16, maybe? Final Fantasy was a kids' game. Like, it, you know, maybe not young kids, but I mean, like, at, well, Mario, honestly, you know, meant for to be at least completable by young children. But, you know, you look at those and it's like, these games are primarily designed for, like, 12-year-olds. Uh, like, so the, the notion that something being a kid's game meant that it had to be bad just never washed because so much of the medium was for children. <laughs> and you, you bring up Silent Hill, but and like there there are definitely like non children's games on the PS One, but the vast majority of PS One games are for children. <laughs> Sometimes they're for edgy children, uh, but they're they're for kids. Like we could you could name uh, like a broad array of horror games, but and you bring up Kagero, but. Like, the Deception games are for edgy children. They're for, like, 14-year-olds whose parents don't... <laughs> whose parents aren't paying enough attention. Uh, I played, I played uh, Doom when I was 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of things, like, you know, it's, it's sort of like saying, like, you know, South Park is not for kids, but it's absolutely a program that mostly children watched. <laughs> Simpsons was not for kids, but it was absolutely a program that mostly children watched. <laughs> I watched it starting when I was like 10. Yep, same. Because uh, there's, you know, there's the notional children's, uh, the, the notional children's game or children's TV show or children's movie that is things that parents would be perfectly happy showing their child without reservation. And then there's, you know, once you get to about 10, there's the things that technically aren't for children they are very specific like they are full of situations that are considered inappropriate for children but are mostly consumed by children <laughs> uh because uh, because you know they're not boring <laughs> yeah uh, uh, just open up a shortcut that's all that was and well, it was truly, uh, truly the broadest appeal is not being boring. Uh, Daikatana, now you're just shitposting. Wow. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, making us his bitch. We're making oh. Do not let John Romero into your heart at this moment. That wasn't, to be fair, that wasn't his fault. Um, but yeah, like, it's supposed to be a kid's game, never really holds water just because 
like the history of the medium is steeped in having been considered toys. Uh, like the like it was it was a very long <laughs> it's a very long period where games were stocked in or adjacent to the toy aisle <laughs> because they were toys. And so uh, it, it was a relative. Oh, those, uh, I was just going to say, some of those um, some of those Disney games from NES, Genesis, Super Nintendo, those games are hard as fuck. They're like, quite hard. Uh, what child was, was like the Lion King meant for? You know what I mean? That oh, game that one's not meant for anyone that came from <laughs> That game sucks, but also... Uh, that game was actually actively made harder late in development, specifically so you couldn't finish it when renting it. They, uh, especially the I just can't wait to be king level, they actively made the nonsensical invisible maze harder. Wait a minute. Were parents, this, were parents fine with comic books like Spawn or Savage Dragon in the 90s? 12-year-olds fucking loved Spawn. <laughs> Like yeah. the the my answer brother, is my that my older brother loved Spawn. The answer for that one is that uh, parents didn't really think too hard about what was in comic books because when most of those parents were children, what was in comic books was uh, Spider-Man got sent to another dimension. Or was that a, was that a trap? Or were are we dead? Or or you are dead? Fucking Superman is being marauded by the prankster. All right, listen. I jumped in to help with the boss, and it's been fun. But it's I'm gonna drop out. Okay. Peace. Also, was Howard the Duck a children's movie or something your weird uncle showed you? I'm not even gonna say dirty <laughs> uncle. It's a weird. It wasn't uncle. meant for anybody. That was just a stupid ass yeah, movie. I, I think that that one's more a case of I don't know. I think it was for like George Lucas and no one else. <laughs> he was the director on that picture, right? Oh, I don't know. Let me double check, but I want to say he was deeply involved with that. Okay. Oh, no, they tried no, to do no. a. Uh, he was just a producer on it. They did a Willow TV series. Like, why? Yeah, and then immediately deleted it for, from existence for a tax write off. Yeah. That sucked. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, that, that's, you, you run into the question of, like,. Uh, at some point, some of these, I don't think the people who made them were certain who they were for. And I would definitely categorize Howard the Duck as uncertain audience. Uh, but I, I mean, like, so, something to just sort of be aware of with any given medium, really, is that, like, there's the things parents want their kids to be exposed to, and there's the things the kids actually want. And sometimes those collide, but most of the time they don't. And there's always a buck to be made in the places where it's uh, where the parents don't realize that maybe the kid, maybe kiddo shouldn't have these. Uh, so uh, that's uh, honestly where a lot of games ended up in the uh, late '90s, early aughts, especially. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of where I would put uh, put a lot of this this question, uh, you know, especially like you know the early history of like 
first-person shooters is full of people like being like, wait, you shoot people with guns in games now? Uh, and children being like, holy shit, I shot that dude and his head exploded. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what are the chances of another good Simpsons game ever being made? Uh, I would say slim to none. Uh, there were only ever like two or three good ones. Uh, depending upon how generous your what's that? I was gonna say like um, were the there arcade game? Are are there gonna be more good ones? It's like well, were there any good ones to start with? Um, there's there's the arcade one. There's hit and run. That's pretty decent. Uh, I yeah, I like Simpsons Road Rage, even though it's basically Crazy Taxi. I like Simpsons because Road Rage because it's Crazy Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But then I liked the one that was on PS3 and Xbox 360. I the thought Simpsons that was game. pretty good. Yeah, it has yeah. moments. Um, I, I would say that the the issue with uh, with it is mostly that like the license is still omnipresent, but the appetite for what to do with the license is very much like people like i feel like if you were to ever see another like chance at a good simpsons game there would basically have to be like a movie it was tied in with uh because currently like the simpsons in video games live on is the simpsons tapped out still running i assume it is probably yeah and like that is the easiest money in human history like, not that people working on it don't put in a lot of work, but, like, in terms of, for a relatively low price of, you know, mobile game sort of budget, you can essentially endlessly sell people microtransactions to sell them references to the episodes they like. And that's, uh, that is a very, <laughs> that's a very plumbable depth of resources. Did you play uh, Virtual Bart? Virtual Bart. Uh, not when it was new. I did play it on an emulator. It's very bad. <laughs> yeah, one of my cousins bought it or got it as a gift or something. And man, like the the level where you throw the tomatoes at the kids is oh, that's, yeah. That one was kind of cool. Um, but like that's some neat graphic effects. The whole it's like a weird water is that the one. Oh, water the, water slide, slide the infinitely the infinite maze of a water slide what the fuck and just so many just instant death things like yeah, oh you, you just have to memorize the layout of a water mouth. slide yeah like it's totally random and you just it's it's rng it's like oh that sucks i had yep. one simpsons game on the super nintendo and it was not either of the ones anyone actually played because it was crusty super fun house oh isn't that like and the worst one? <laughs> I I disagree. Compared to like okay. fucking Bart's Nightmare, like at least this was like a boring puzzle game as opposed to just like what the fuck is happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But yeah, like I th I think that it's it's one of those situations where like because of who actually controls the license, unless like for whatever reason. EA let the license lapse, or Disney uh, drew up in its contract a way to license it to another company. I don't think you're ever going to see another, like, even console Simpsons game, let alone quality. 
Yeah. It's, it's just not not enough will for it. And the the way of license games has been to generally diminish into uh, phone apps, which are fast enough to be developed to tie in with a movie or a new season of a TV show. But games now take too long, so no more of those. <laughs> you would need another company that decided that they wanted to do a uh, that they wanted the license and that they wanted something that was very apart from what had been released over the past uh, decade and a half. Don't want to think about that. Um, Old. But, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I was in high school when the Simpsons game on PS3 and 360 came out. Okay. Best about games made in tribute of a movie novel or another game by people who love the original for absolutely the wrong reasons, but in these cases, can the love and passion of the makers match their works endearing, uh, make their works endearing to the audience? Like, can anyone like The Watchmen simply because they can feel Zack Snyder's quote-unquote love? No. Fuck Zack Snyder. Wow, okay. The movie was fucking Came terrible. But uh, I, I think that there, I've definitely heard of people that at least appreciate the passion. Passion, uh, in general, uh, there are definitely Snyder-directed superhero movies, not Watchmen, that I will take over, like the broad swath of Marvel pablum, even though they're probably worse wow. movies, just because they're at least something. Uh, but, you know, the, it, it's less a sense of passion, more a sense, I suppose it's a sense of passion, but it's as much a sense of ambition. Like, you're trying to do something, even if it's deeply misguided. And I, as, a, as a personal uh, preference, I will take that over uh, aiming for just the most inoffensive thing possible. Can you... Uh, tell that I'm currently like my brain the gears in my brain are turning about some of my increased dislike for FF16 um, I but... haven't played it since like I don't know like I haven't played it in like three weeks I haven't played it in several weeks as well I feel like I need to get back to it and finish it or I will never get around to it yeah, same I got sidetracked because some of the boring side quests oh, they're all bad none of them are worth doing I'm sorry um <laughs> Except for the one where you give people soup, because that's just nice. That's nice. It's a shame that it's uh, completely non-interactive, and also the yep. characters in it aren't actually characters. Nope. It's Michael <laughs> Bay just... ambitious. What a question. Uh, actually, sometimes. <laughs> but uh, generally, generally not for things like Transformers. Or uh, well... He almost had something with those Ninja Turtle movies. Those are definitely yeah, uh, those are weird. Rossetti uh, <laughs> and Bebop in the I, second movie were quite fun. I know. They were great. I, I wanted more of that. Oh, well. How thin is the line between ambitious and self-indulgent? Because as much as I like Tarantino, no film, his films always give me the feeling of being bloated. Uh, I think... The line ends up being, how much have you tried to do this before, and how much have you succeeded at doing it before? 
Tarantino's early films definitely feel more like they would fall on the side of, side of ambitious because, you know, he still was some, someone with something to prove. Uh, whereas once you get into, like, yeah, we all know what a Tarantino film is, then you're getting deep into, like, okay, so you're just sort of doing the thing that you always do. And so you can't really be called ambitious. Even if it's impressive, it can't really be called ambitious if you've already proven, if you're just working with the tools that you've already proven yourself capable of. Yeah, like, I think The Sixth Sense was kind of ambitious, but then oh, everything definitely. else was, was just, like... Okay, we know Shyamalan doing right. Shyamalan movies. Yeah, like the village was. I think it was the village. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. But th then he does. Uh, I don't know. That's, I've seen them all, obviously. But it's like early on when you see the Sixth Sense the first time and you don't predict the twist. It's like, oh, that was really neat, and you can still go back and rewatch it and pick up new details. But like a lot of his other movies, it's just a gimmick at that point. He, there's going to be a twist. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things. Like it becomes this situation of to be ambitious when you've already succeeded, you have to be trying something you haven't succeeded at. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Adam Sandler is just self-indulgent, but I love those fucking movies. Adam Sandler is fully in self-indulgent, but I almost respect how little he gives a shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you seen uh, his most recent movie? I forget the name of it, but he's where he's a baseball you... scout. Not baseball, not baseball it's actually not really good. Huh. He can do that occasionally when he chooses to. Yeah. He's, mm -hmm. he, he's not a guy who's unaware of what he's doing. Like he's yeah, fully admitted that's what half of his films are being done because uh, he wants a vacation and Netflix will pay for it. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> I mean, I, I like paid to click me because to there make was a bunch of movies with my friends. I. Absolutely yeah, like if you, if someone was going to be like, you can have an all expenses paid uh, trip and uh, you know all the money you'll need for this year, if you make just this profoundly shitty movie for Netflix and you can invite all your friends to help you, I, I would feel wrong not to. Mm -hmm. I would feel like it was my job to make that bad movie just so that I could have a nice vacation with all my friends. So yeah, no, that's hundred percent what I do. But uh, yeah, but, yeah. and then and then occasionally just... Sandler uses that to like make sure to you know uh, help with. Why are these the tox blocks from? Yeah, what, what are these things? <laughs> Mario sixty four. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what I was gonna say was, uh, but yeah, like, uh, and then occasionally he'll do something like uncut gems. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I when I saw a click in the theater, like I came out of it like, wow, that that actually had a moral to it. I, I was like, wow, yeah, maybe, but sort I hate, of. I hate that fucking movie. Really? Okay, so because then the friend that I saw it with was like, why the fuck does he have to try and put a moral into it? It should just be entertaining. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Moral, um, like themes are entertaining. Yeah. No, I, I understand the moral that movie was going for. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I just think it tells it very poorly. Yeah, that's fair. That's but I, I do disagree with, like, the why did they have to insert, like, themes into this thing? It's just supposed to be entertaining. For a lot of us, themes are entertaining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, let's see. You've talked on the podcast about mean-spirited but ultimately shallow parodies such as Pissed and Microsoft Windblows. Uh, the question is uh, that only people who like the originals would dig enough into the materials, and as such, the parodies they make usually are the so-called affectionate parodies. 
uh, among works like that in gaming, which one succeeded at actually an actual balance between loving the original and criticizing it? I can't actually think of any that uh, that seem like they love some any games that seem like they love something but are also like meaningfully criticizing it. I'm sure they exist. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I can definitely think of games that have like much meaner things to say about other about other genres and trends, but uh, and that might have like more meaningful criticisms of perhaps even their own genre. But I can't think of any that sound like they actually were made by people who liked <laughs> what they were making. Uh, What's the last De Niro movie again? Fuck, I couldn't tell you. I'm not... Irishman? Let's see. It's probably some Scorsese bullshit. That would be the Irishman. Uh -huh. Casey can, can't tell. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. I watched about half of it, and I'm like, I... This isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I don't... Uh, and it's three I, I, hours long, or four hours long, or something. It's like... Oof. I believe three hours. Long. I don't watch a lot of movies outside the context of watching them with friends, and that's not really a watch with friends sort of flick, so. Let's see. But yeah, De Niro was definitely uh, in The Irishman. Let's see. Okay, um, going back to the questions. At least Adam Sandler's, not Bruce Willis's catalog of forgettable movies. That's a regrettable uh, phrasing. Um, but yeah, uh, whatever's intended, going on. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure that was not intended. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say was, yeah, what, what's going on with Willis is just elder abuse. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of any game that had that was a parody of something else that seemed like it that had meaningful criticism while still liking what it was <laughs> about uh you can uh, you can uh, at that point you run into like you could maybe make some arguments for some things but everything i can think of it's just like i'm not sure if that really counts as parody it's just another work in the genre uh, like all the random references in some of the Disgaea games, that's all I can think of from that question. Yeah, but that's not really criticism. Right. Which is where the, yeah. Yeah, like like the in five, there's a character named Logan who was obviously Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and um, I was thinking about how in four, like a measle, he's the son of the president, so he's basically like he's parodying like affluent white kid who sometimes mm -hmm. talks in abonics and you know you better check yourself before you wreck yourself and there's oh, a lot of like Lord. 90s references in that game which i always just thought was neat mm. but i don't know <laughs> <sighs> but what i was gonna say was uh i think the the closest you would uh you'd get to like meaningful uh rpg criticism in this guy would actually probably be something in three uh just by virtue of like the nature of uh the the title of hero sort of forcibly making you the hero of this mm. game 
has yeah. has like some actual metatextual uh, merit, yeah. whereas most most this guy is just sort of content to be like, here's a thing from a game. <laughs> no, like no, I just love how Mao wants to kill his dad because he accidentally stepped on his sleigh station and broke it. As you do. But then. Then we get the actual flashback, and the dad is like, Oh, I'm sorry, son. I'll buy you a new one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, Dad, I lost my million hours on my memory card you, you crushed. Or, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, no, I just love it. We gotta kill my dad because he stepped on my game console. <laughs> the Slay Station. Uh, let see... Uh, if someone took the worst archetypes and plot lines of a medium, games, movies, etc., and put them together in a somewhat coherent narrative, what would you call the final product? Parody, deconstruction, smear campaign, cats, did anyone bother with that much shit? Um, I mean, this is one of those situations where, like, broad swaths of ingredients can't really gauge intent uh, without understanding the execution. They could reasonably be any of those like it could be something like cats the film which is just misguided in every creative direction it could be a, an intended parody of like saying haha this thing sucks i had forgotten could... about the existence of the cats movie until now thanks too bad um <laughs> it, you could <sighs> read it as an attempted like character assassination of an entire medium or genre uh, you could you could even make an argument for genre deconstruction, though. Uh, you like oh, as with all of these, you really got to get deep into like what did they actually say with these like terrible ingredients they're using. Uh, it's it's very much uh, you know. It'd be, I guess I would say that, like, to make this judgment without context of what was actually made would be sort of like saying, like, I've put together all of the worst ingredients to put into a cake. I haven't actually made the cake, but they're there. And it's like, well, you could end up make it surprisingly executing well on this terrible cake that for some reason has uh, fucking chives in it, but... Uh, How about... How about you go into um, a dog cage and eat a cake, but it's the individual <laughs> ingredients, ingredients of the cake. <laughs> First, we nail down the game board. I will forget that it's nailed down. <laughs> uh, Charlie McDennis, the game of games. But... Yeah, just just one of those things where like the art must, on some level, speak for itself in order to determine to like it, it needs to exist for us to determine what to call it because its intent is going to be clear in how it uses the the like intentionally poor ingredients. It could be any of these things. On that note, what if Dot Hack had been made by people who despise MMOs and wanted to show everyone just how bad the MMO was compared to single-player games? What things would show up in such a game? Veterans gang kill newbies, auction market madness, soul-crushing job of gold farming, the void left in, in you when the servers shut down and the game completely has lost time. Uh, it's difficult to tell what that game would look like because uh, I wouldn't say that 
because of course if we're starting from dot hack that's not a game that has positive or negative things to say about mmos it's just a game and anime and everything else that dot hack is about how people relate to each other in a digital world uh you could absolutely uh make a game about how mmos suck ass uh and you'd probably end up like with something quite i feel like in the same way that dot hack is about how people relate to each other in digital worlds the thing you would do to say that mmos suck ass is a bad community doing boring things like that would be what you would fundamentally like zero in on like uh you know I, I feel like the way that the thing I personally would probably zero in on is like, you know, player, uh, you know, you start playing it early in the MMO's life, and then there's like some some jumps to various points in its lifetime as its community becomes more toxic and the content becomes more uh, maddeningly dull uh, until you get an end game where your character like is just looking back on a decade wasted playing something uh, playing something that has left them with uh broken relationships and no uh no happy memories of like a fun game <laughs> but that's also that's just deeply depressing that's how i feel about world of warcraft <laughs> yeah that's what you end up making if you're just trying to assassinate the concept of mmos uh well, I find it ironic that, maybe not ironic, but Sword Art Online has yet to get any kind of MMORPG. Instead, it gets these really weird single-player MMOs that kind of are like, oh yeah, this is what I don't like about an MMO. It's like some of these quests would be tolerable if I like had a community to play it with, you know, but... The only MMO you should play is .hack, GU. Okay. But, yeah, the the that does remind me of just like how much like I, like MMO quest design needs to be like banished from single player games by mm. virtue of the fact that like you can get away with very threadbare uh, quest design in a game you're playing with other people, so that the game is not having to bear the entire burden of being entertaining. <laughs> 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 Once you, but when you backport that into a regular ass single player game where the game is the thing that's supposed to be entertaining and not things around it uh you get the ff16 side quests you do please go fetch me these items you won't have to kill anything <laughs> please go rpg please go kill this thing it won't actually be an interesting fight quotation marks around the rpg yeah, there's. It's. I, I think it's actually honestly fair to say that Final Fantasy 16 is not meaningfully an RPG. Yeah. <laughs> Less of an RPG than most Zelda games. Uh, let's see. Is there any bad version of superheroes you would want to see show up in video games just for shits and giggles? Remember when Wolverine had some kind of pig nose, bone claws, and belonged to a race of wolfmen? I'd pay for him to be in Marvel Alliance. I mean, one of my one of the things that got me into fucking 
enjoying superheroes as a child, given that I did not live near any comic book shops, was uh, all of the uh, shitty Spider-Man costumes in the PS1 Spider-Man game. <laughs> so, you know. And that, a lot of those were references to, like, remember this stupid shit? <laughs> I'd love to have this the uh, superior Spider-Man in some game. For the hell of it. That'll be that'll be a like what if uh, DLC for a future Insomniac Spider-Man game. Mm. What's I gonna say? The comic series I ever really got into as a kid was Cable, and I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it was just just regular Cable. And remember when uh, Onslaught came out? I'm still waiting for Onslaught to show up in a movie or game or something. That's okay. never going to happen. Onslaught was not popular. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, was I going to say something about it? Uh, but yeah, no. It, well, in conclusion, uh, make an entire game where Peter Parker is in the amazing Bagman uh, costume. That would be funny. Give me the, the spare Fantastic Four outfit that doesn't fit very well and the fucking paper bag on his oh, head. Oh, there you go. Make a Fantastic Four game, but instead of... Just make it the weirdest Fantastic Four game in the history of the franchise. It's mostly them yelling at each other while sitting in the Fantastic Four building. I guess some of the weird teams they have. I know Spider-Man was a Fantastic Four member at some point. The very first Spider-Man issue is him trying out for the Fantastic Four. Still very funny to me that Spider-Man number one is not Spider-Man's origin. <laughs> Amazing Fantasy 15. Bonesaw. Bonesaw is ready. Well, so I'm just saying, was that movie based on a... Like, based on a specific Spider-Man series or issue, or...? It's kind of a gestalt of... Uh, regular, like, Amazing Spider-Man, some new stuff, and Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. Because I thought that Bonesaw guy was great, especially because it was Macho Man Randy Savage. The the pro wrestling angle is in Spider-Man's origin from the start. I don't think... I think Bonesaw is just something they did to give it some color. Okay. But Wheels would probably know better. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's just some generic... Just wrestling. a dude. Yeah. Because it was, okay. was kind of just a tryout issue. Like, there was no guarantee that Spider-Man would be showing up again, so they just needed to be quick about it. <laughs> but, let's see. Um, Do we have any questions that are short and not so complicated? Fucker. Let's see. I'll, I'm going to pull up... Uh, we're we're going to have to... We should probably stop soon anyway because yeah. wheels probably getting tired so i'm gonna pull up something short from the big list of questions I we'll just, get to fire miners remaining questions I just don't understand how a boss fight against cubes is more difficult than the giant horrific monster you're getting just button. absolutely wrecked by these goddamn talk boxes yes horrible it's no joke this is not fucking easy. i'm i'm really glad i backed out before we got here because i like, lost my shit <laughs> Okay. You can always join my game and go back to the poison plateau. <laughs> okay. 
What are some popular games which quickly became obsolete, such as Wolfenstein 3D came just one year before Doom? <laughs> I would actually say, uh, this one's a little cheating, but the original Street Fighter, or not the original Street Fighter, but Street Fighter 2, like the World Warrior. Uh, not just because of the updated version of Street Fighter 2, but because, uh, in general, like, fighting games advanced so rapidly in the space of, like, the following three years. <laughs> like, you play, uh... X-Men Children of the Atom or Darkstalkers and they feel like they were beamed from another planet if you yeah, but you can consider that they're like three, four years after uh after Street Fighter 2 the World Warrior, it's wild. Uh um completely obsoleted. Like, there's a lot of games that I would say, like, uh, are essentially only historical curiosities for weirdos like me. How was that? <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> Fell down a pit. Oh, okay, okay. I was uh, making such good progress. I'm just really appreciating how much you're doing with these cubes. I see it. <laughs> Fucking murder cubes. <laughs> Damn cubes. Um, Cube, defender of the polyverse. But yeah, uh, games. Well, I mean, finding games are just interesting because it's like each sequel kind of obsoletes the one before it, especially if it's like. An yeah, that's why. Yeah. yeah, that's why I would consider it kind of cheating to just say the World Warrior, but I would say that, like, right. even if we don't count updates to Street Fighter 2, if you just look at things like Darkstalkers, X-Men Children of the Atom, that are, like, three years later, or Street Fighter Alpha, just completely, yeah. like, feel like they're on an entirely different wavelength oh, yeah. than World Warrior. Yeah. Uh, and then X-Men uh, versus Street Fighter was, like, blew everything else away in my opinion you know yeah the, birth the birth that entire subgenre but uh, then it's like have you actually played all of the king of fighters because it's kind of like there's a bunch of them where it's like okay i think i've played this before like oh yeah i mean that's kind of the thing 96, like, 97 they, they all numbered kind of them by year you could tell that they were kind yeah. of supposed to obsolete each other um yeah. Each like each Blaze Blue game was like that too. They just obsoleted the previous one each time. Yeah, but if we throw out fighting games, uh, you see this a lot with games that kind of innovate genres. Uh, Devil May Cry One is like I, it's interesting, but like there's very very little reason to go back to it outside of historical curiosity at this stage. Even though like it was huge and a really cool game for its time. But, you know, it's just... Uh, I mean, we, we'll ignore Devil May Cry 2. Because game bad. But, by Devil May Cry 3, you kind of had no business ever playing Devil May Cry 1 again. Uh, and, you know, ton, tons of other games in the genre. Like, there's just, there's just very little reason to go back to uh, that. Um, are dead. I think Diablo 2 kind of made Diablo 1 a bit obsolete. And and those, yeah, were and those like are like a year apart. Yeah. Although, I mean, Di Diablo 1 is was a great game, 
Yeah, like a lot of these are great games, but you yeah. know, it's just uh, the, the second one comes out. And it, it is, but I don't know if I'd say it makes it obsolete. Yeah, well, they are kind of different, but I, I remember when Diablo 2 came out, and I'm like, or, or even just before it came out, it was like, wait a minute, five classes, and they all have entire unique skill trees, not just one unique ability? Like, what? And then they did the expansion, and it was like, two more classes? What? Yeah. The dream. The dream. Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> just want whales to be killed by cubes forevermore. Um, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh... This fucking hypercube bullshit. Q2 hypercube? Yes. <laughs> Movie I have watched. Why? Because. Uh, with friends, because it was funny. Uh, I'm gonna send Wheels Cube Defender of the Polyverse. I don't. Oh my god. Did they make more? No, no. This is very unrelated. It's like a two minute YouTube video. You'll, okay. you'll have fun with it. Okay, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of any others that, uh... You know what though, like, the, the early Call of Duty games are absolutely obsolete, like, you know. Actually, oh god. So I'm just saying, so when you think of, so what's popping into my head are basically all of the Activision series that they just ran into the ground, you know, I'm thinking of... Yeah, those games kind of obsolete each other. All of the rock band... Well, no, not rock band, but, you know, all the Guitar Hero spin-offs that they ended up doing, and, like, okay. love Band Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... I mean, the Tony Hawk games, like... I don't know, to me, after playing 3... It was very hard to go back to one and two, and then four was even better. And I don't know. I actually uh, have grown to appreciate all of them for different reasons, but okay. I also played them way too much. Um, yeah. Let me think. Uh, games that just completely. Uh, oh yeah, the the easy answer uh, to pull would be something like. Uh, Hide Light or Tower of Draga, which were both quite popular at the time uh, as very early uh, concepts of action RPGs. That Hide like was popular in Japan, yes. Uh, okay. It's nineteen eighty four. Super Hide Light. Uh, I mean, Super Hide Light we got way later in Japan. It was called Hide Light Three: The Space Memories. Uh, but bear in mind that, like, the context for Hide Light was super wrong in the U.S. because we got it in, like, 1990, and in Japan it was a 1984 PC game. Like, okay. it, was, <laughs> it was super, super late to get here, and, like, that entire action RPG genre had completely left it behind in the preceding half-decade. Yeah. I uh, didn't play... See, I didn't play Tower of Juaga until... I watched some of the anime series, the and then I saw it on the Wii Shop channel, and that's when I played it. And I'm like, oh, this is just like Gauntlet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very early Japanese action RPG. It's much more arcane than Gauntlet for some reason. Yeah. Uh, 
what I was gonna say about it was the headlight was you know briefly popular, but like the second you have something even as good as the original East, there's basically no reason to ever play Hydlight again. Yeah. Uh, just like no, I think I would rather play the one with the with the good music and the the like reasonably like followable story and good dungeon design, like oh, all these things. It's just like oh, there's just no reason. To, there's no reason for hide light anymore. We have moved beyond the need for hide light. Very much kind of obsoleted, like one and one and two. I, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of do. I mean, because I, I still look. I like Metroid One. I admit I that don't. it's a <laughs> it's a horribly flawed game. But I mean, I just played through it again last year. I and like Metroid One, and you know the additional content they added. You're you're just talking about Zero Mission. Yes, I am. Yeah. This is the only Zero way Mission. to play that game. Yeah. So. Yeah, Super Metroid, just great game. And it's yeah. like, you go back and play one, and you're like, oh yeah, there's no map. I can't save my game, I gotta write down these goddamn passwords. Okay. It's a shame that you weren't born in Japan, where you could play it on the disc system, and it would save the I disc. know. I played the Japanese version, like, a few years ago, and I'm like, why couldn't I have this? For the 20 love years of God, ago. Spring, for a, spring for a fucking battery backup. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I think we should probably call it quits for the night, so... It's a good idea. Uh, let's quickly go down some plugs. Uh, uh, so the original cube is pretty good, yeah. It's got its moments. Uh, but yeah, moving moving on. Ah, uh, uh, you got cubed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was down to... I was trying, couldn't find an angle on the last freaking one to shoot. Rip. Okay, let's get some plugs through. Uh, Joe, tell us about where we can watch you stream and when. Well, you can watch me stream on uh, twitch.tv slash smokingogamer, and I do oh, export Joe. the videos to YouTube, which is also smokingogamer, and I have a Mastodon account. I'm trying to get away from all meta services, so... Don't blame you at all for that one. So I'm also on Mastodon. If you search Smoke and Joe Gamer, you should recognize the, you know. All three of these things have the same um, profile picture and background and stuff. So yeah, you'll be able to find them. You should know that it's me. Yeah, so um, I mentioned earlier that, yes, I, I've been doing JRPG July, and it's, that's coming to a close. And this, this week was just a little weird, because like I said, I had plans on Tuesday, but I still streamed. I had plans yesterday and didn't stream. And shenanigans got moved, so I'm hoping to do two more episodes of JRPG July over the weekend. I was going to do Scarlet Nexus, and I don't know what else, but... Yeah, that was the plan for July, and yeah, and I played a different game in each stream, and I think there's going to end up being 16 or 17 episodes altogether. So you can find all of those on YouTube um, once I export them, and then... Next month, I don't know what I'm doing. I had a few ideas. Um, I don't know. And I want to do Sega September, though. That'll be Sega exciting. September. Sega September, yeah. And and then, just like I did last year, see, I want all of these things to be annual events. So 
just as I did last year, I'm already planning Hallow Stream for October, so that's when I'll do Resident Evil and yeah, that's a rich horror man. games. Yeah, and um, November, I'll probably do Nintendo November again, and then December, I'd like to do another holiday buying guide type thing, so I'll probably end up revisiting games that came out this year, like Final Fantasy 16 or Remnant 2, or Pikmin 4, and whatnot. Good excuse to pick up Here's on the anything kingdom. that you've set, not fall by the wayside. So for August, I'm, I'm kind of thinking I might want to do, like, um, maybe cover any Metroidvanias that I didn't do in May, and any JRPGs I didn't do in July, and then also just any other adventure games that don't fit into either category. I so love maybe adventurous August adventures. August. Yeah, that's that's what I think what I'm going to go with, and that just gives me a little more freedom in, in what to A lot of choose. games can be adventures. Sure. Um, so that's it, yeah. Um, there's my plug. Mm -hmm. Gaijin's not here, but uh, anyone listening to this not on... <laughs> anyone listening to this on... Uh, On the in the archive, the crowdfunder will probably already be over. But if you are, uh, and I think the only viewer we currently have that is not on the podcast is someone who has already contributed. So, uh, thanks. Uh, I'm sure that Kaijin would want to once again uh, thanks thank Fireminer for being a kind and supportive fellow. Uh, but. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, though, you can still find Princesses of the Pizza Parlor on Kindle or Kindle Unlimited, uh, as well as via uh, paper format. I believe it's currently at 11 episodes, a very long paralogue, and possibly a couple other side stories. A lot to work, a lot to go on, but you can find that by going to Amazon uh, and searching for Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-C-U. And, uh, you know, give those a read. Uh, always encouraging uh, to have new readers, new reviews. Give the give a nice rating. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, as for us, you can ask us questions. You can ask us questions in the comments section on RP Gamer under this very episode. Uh, you can shoot... Uh, wields a question via one of the social medias oh, yes. that you will be maintaining. Yes, you can find me on Blue Sky if you are lucky enough to get an invitation. Oh, yeah, Fred's... someone's threatening to send me an invitation to Bisky. Fred's <laughs> co host and Mastodon all as Ask Wheels. Uh, if this all sounds like a ridiculous hellscape of social media, one good thing I can say is eventually Threads will integrate with the Fediverse, where you can follow you people. You have one on, left to worry about. You can follow people, <laughs> Threads accounts, from the safety of Mastodon, for example, or vice versa. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the only nice. way I'll interact with that. I have absolutely no desire to sign up for a Threads account. Yeah, I'm uh, mostly doing that because, I mean, being tied to Instagram is huge. That, and it's a huge platform, so it, it's a nice place to promote the podcast because there's a lot of people but yeah someone's got to <laughs> yeah but I mean um, uh, yeah people have spread all over the place like if you're looking for like official game company accounts and stuff it's most likely on threads if you're looking for like 
podcasty people and games journalists are probably on Blue Sky or Master. It's all over the place. It sucks. We we have dis we have dispersed. Uh, but the if the one piece of hope I will give you is that yes, you may not like Mastodon, but the idea of being able to like follow accounts from another another service another service is something I think is going to happen. Not be and subject yes. to their algorithmic whims. Right, and it'll make this less of a hellscape. But that's yeah. not available right now and probably won't be for a while. So just hang in there. Do what you gotta do. Stay the course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll be... Yeah, you can also follow me on uh, Mastodon co-host as of now uh, at Fanboy Master on both of them. Uh, I post semi-infrequently. We'll go with semi-infrequently depending upon my whims and uh, <laughs> yeah. But you can also ask us questions in the Discord, the RP Gamer Discord. We always love getting questions there as well. Thanks once again to Fireminer for always keeping us rich in questions. Um, but you can, uh, if you are not in the RP Gamer Discord and would like uh, a nice new or old community to discuss RPG, your favorite RPGs with, or your least favorite RPGs as the case may be, or even things that aren't RPGs, you can go to the RP Gamer Discord uh, by going to the uh, community tab of RP Gamer. Uh, clicking in there will get you uh, the Discord invite link. And there's all sorts of uh, fun discussions to be had there, whether you want to ask us questions or not. But as I always say, we do really appreciate questions. So give that a look. But otherwise, uh, I think that about wraps us up. So I will see you, Space Cowboys. See you. See you.